Welcome to the Whose Body Is It podcast. I'm your host, Isabella Malvin. For those who don't know me, I'm a birth worker, a life coach, hypnotist, and a former liberal feminist turned radical truth teller. On this podcast, I expose the forces at play attempting to control our minds and bodies, such as transgender ideology, pornography, prostitution, and so much more. Together, we'll untangle patriarchal lies as you listen to jaw-dropping interviews with women from around the world. Warning, while listening to this podcast, you might find yourself triggered or perhaps notice where you've been biting your tongue on the issues that matter most to you. In my coaching and hypnosis, I help women and men stop getting triggered by every single thing, cultivate resilience, stop unwanted behaviors, and increase self-confidence. You can book your first session at whosebodyisit.com, and you can find that link in the episode show notes. And I just want to say that it's because of your endless support that I'm able to interview amazing women, get their stories out, and produce regular episodes for you. So with that being said, please like, comment, and subscribe to my channel on YouTube. And if you're listening in, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also consider making a financial contribution via the link in my show notes. You can also visit my activist sticker shop. My pro-woman stickers have the power to intercept transhumanist programming. So take a photo of your stickers out in the wild and tag me on Instagram at whose body is it? Without further ado, let's get into this week's story. Any views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely that of the guest and do not reflect any views, opinions, policies, or position of me, Isabella Malvin, or Whose Body Is It, LLC. Today, I speak with my friend Kate Rose, who has been involved in a defamation lawsuit for the past four years. Weeks away from trial, Kate is ready to break her silence about the plaintiff in the case, Danny Gallagher. Kate's story begins in 2017 when she was a self-described liberal baby doula and joined numerous online forums and groups to grow her birth business. Shortly thereafter, Danny Gallagher joined multiple birth-focused groups, too. Armed with the tragic story, he gained sympathy in these otherwise women-only spaces. Soon enough, he was dominating the groups with posts and advice, advertising opportunities to make as much as $5,000 per month with hardly any effort. Kate reached out, but soon found out that this big opportunity was actually porn. Before long, it became clear Danny's recruitment efforts were not limited to Kate, and he was booted from multiple doula and mothering Facebook groups. When women tried to share information about Gallagher's actions, he retaliated. Gallagher has since sued over 20 women, mostly low-income birth workers and mothers, claiming $5 million in damages apiece for defamation. 
Kate explains why defamation cases are the perfect way to maintain contact with victims of abuse and prevent them from speaking out. We get into DARVO tactics and how individuals can exploit the legal system to tie women up in these prolonged court cases. If you're moved by Kate's story, consider making a donation to her fundraiser. Your donations will help cover her travel costs to get to the trial in Hawaii, as well as cover legal fees. Why don't you just start with like what your life was like, you know, what you were doing in, in 2017 when this like, saga started? So in 2017, I, I had just had my second son in October of 2016. So I was still, you know, in that postpartum area. And, um, I had, I was like a little baby doula. And so I was just starting my doula practice and I wasn't like, it's not like it was like really rolling. I was still charging like very, very little for my births because I was, inexperienced in learning. And I had like zero business skills whatsoever. And so I was trying to build that up. And I was following this woman named Angela Gallo. Uh, She was like, this super famous and in my perspective, um, Australian doula who was like incredibly business savvy, and had started this business course that was geared for birth workers that was called um, Hard and Hustle. And I was super starstruck by her at the time because she was just like really successful in what she was doing. And so I ended up entering this giveaway that she did on Instagram and receiving a free membership into this like business course, um, which I was incredibly excited about because this was like a $2,000 business course. And we were like, super, super low on funds. I mean, I was a baby doula, we just had two babies. My husband wasn't making a lot of money back then he was still doing a lot of manual labor jobs to get by. So you we, you know, I couldn't have afforded it otherwise. And so I was really excited to be invited in and to like have won this membership, you know, or this uh, opportunity. Okay. So then you're in this group and like you're in these, like you have online, you have like a forum or a mighty networks group where you gather and yeah, it was a Facebook forum that, so we all got, we gained entry into a Facebook forum. And then also we would get the content, like the PDF content that was available, like through her website, through like a locked, Mm -hmm. you know, portal. And the demographic of this group is women, except for one. Yes. All one women. Man. Okay. So it was all women whenever I first joined. And I feel like it was just maybe a few weeks after I first joined. I don't know. It, it was pretty soon after I was admitted into it um, that Danny, the man who's suing me, he reached out to Angela and he told her this entire like long-winded story that was very complimentary of her and very, um, I don't know, just, uh, sort of like simpering, you know, about how he had become like very interested in birth work after his fiance had killed herself 
right in front of him and she was pregnant with their twin babies and he like watched them all die like right in front of him and I mean his story was like incredibly like wild and remarkable and he was just he said something like um he, basically like he pulled himself up by the bootstraps after like this horrible and depressing past and that he knew that it wasn't it was abnormal for a male to be involved in the birth world but this was why he felt so tied to it and he um, after years of depression and drug abuse he ended up creating a name for himself in the sort of marketing world and um, he'd ended up working with a midwife in Hawaii where he was located at the time. And so that's what had interested him in like birth work, also his, you know, suicide fiance story. And so that's why he wanted to be a part of her group. And she posted like his whole story, like his whole message to her. She posted this in the group and said, I am weeping. Someone pick me up off the ground. And she admitted him to the group because she was so, so moved by his story and what he had told her. So that was the first time I was introduced to Danny and his story is actually through Angela, who I had really looked up to and respected. And, you know, she had given me, she had gifted me my membership in the group. So this was my first introduction to him. And he quickly became super active in her group. I mean, it was like all of a sudden the entire page was filled with Danny and like most of the members of the group came on there, like asking for help with like different projects or like business advice or like, as we were going through the steps of her program, like, Oh, Hey, who's already been through this step. And what did you do for like your, uh, your website host and like things like that. And his posts were all centered around him his successes in life, uh, lessons he had learned, like his business strategies, like it, but like centering himself as like the expert, right? So he's like, oh, I'm this like business expert. And do you need my expertise and, and things like that? He t and he told all these different like fantastical stories about like a weight loss journey, his like addiction to drugs journey. He said that he had helped a woman deliver her baby under a bridge whenever he was homeless and addicted to drugs. Um, so there's like, like every red flag. I mean, like now, obviously you can yes, look at it and be like, now, this was insane. And a lot of women did. So a lot of women, women who had um, experiences with individuals similar to him i'm gonna try to refrain from from label making but <laughs> um just just people with similar patterns of behavior to him they 100 saw the red flags because they had been through it in their lives already mm -hmm. and me i'm i was naive and i had never been through those patterns before and um this woman who i really looked up to and had given me this incredible gift, which I was, I mean, I learned so much from her business course. It, it was truly an incredible course. And so, you know, I had no reason, one, I had no reason to distrust him because I just like, I had no idea. And then number two, like people who I was really looking up to had already like labeled him as trustworthy. And, you know, so even though I was like, wow, these stories are really in 
incredible, you know, like really outlandish. Like I totally did have those things come up like, really? Like, did that really happen? But I also, I just, ex I accepted it. Like I made the leap to accept it, even mm -hmm. though it was totally mm -hmm. a leap. I was willing to make it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So he, it was like the Danny show, like all of a sudden in our group, it was the Danny show. And so one day he made this post um, with like a link to this article that was titled, this mom has found a way to make $5,000 a month by selling sexy selfies online. And um, the article was about um, Summers Van Hees. I think that's how you say her name. Who's a woman who like teams up with her husband as her photographer to sell photos of herself on Patreon. And the article really makes it seem like these are like not that risque, right? Like she's just posting like herself in like some jeans, shorts and a bikini top or like whatever. Right. Um, and so Danny posted this article in the group and was like, said something about how badass she was. And this group was a very, very liberal feminist Facebook group. Um, anything other than like liberal feminist values were not accepted well, did not go over well, were instantly shut down and shamed. And so, and that's where I was in my life too. I mean, I was living in Austin, Texas. I was a liberal feminist and I believed in those values. And so I was never going to shame anybody for being involved in, in anything even related to sex work, right? Like that was, it was very positive in regarding, in regards to that, you know, and there was no like nuance in that or like any of the things that you look into, you know, or that we went over in the liberal feminist anonymous group, like none of that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, most, most women in that group, you know, it responded something positive, you know, oh, wow, awesome. Or like, wow, she is a badass. Or, you know, a couple of us even said like, man, I wish I could do something like that. And so he took anybody who said, man, I wish I could do something like that. He would comment under there where he said, you should DM me. I've helped plenty of my female friends do something like this. And I'll tell you about it. And so that's, that was the difference. That's the key here is that he got us to go into his DMs based on like how he had set up this, what I see now is a funnel. He was funneling us through this system. And so, you know, those of us, I'm, I think a handful of us like reached out and I was one of them. I reached out because at the time my family was very, very, very low income and I you know, I was just barely setting up my own business. So I was like, Oh, there's a way that with my husband, I can just make an extra five grand a month. Like that would be insane for our family. You know, like I, uh, you, you know, Summers Von Hees or Van, whatever her name was like, she was really relatable for a lot of us. Right. Because she's a mom. She's doing this with her husband. She, didn't have like a perfect body or anything like that. I mean, she had a mom body, you know, but it, you know, it was beautiful and, and she was still sexy and, um, and she was like working with her husband, you know? So it's like 
how bad could it really be kind of, you know, like it, when I was like reasoning with myself, like if I was doing this with Joel and, and I'm still thinking like, this isn't pornography, right. you know, I'm thinking this is like some risque, but covered photos with my husband. So I sent Danny a message telling him that I was interested and I wanted to learn more, but I didn't want to jeopardize my job or like my reputation. And like, I didn't want these like risque photos, like all over the internet of me or anything like that. And so he replied, trying to like quell any concerns that I had. And like, he tried to like coax me by telling me like, oh, you have a great body. Like you would be perfect for this. It's an act of empowerment. And other women would admire you being this um, empowered. And uh, he also started to explain how Summers made so much money. Like he literally said to me, she straight up masturbates and her husband films it. And that's when I realized I didn't want any part of it. Right. I was like, oh, wow. So this just went from like some risque photos to literally pornography you know and so i didn't i didn't want to be involved but i also felt really vulnerable because i had been gifted my spot in this mm. program and i by all of the things that i'd heard from angela which was really like her introduction of him and her you know constant like banter back and forth with him in the in the forum and stuff like that I was afraid to bring this up or to cause a problem directly with him because I was like, I mean, if she let me in for free, she could easily kick me out. And Angela's just a very no nonsense woman. I mean, that's how she's gotten where she is. And every like really badass businesswoman that I know, you know, they take no shit, you know, really. So they, if somebody like is constantly going against them or causing a problem in their group, like they're going to kick them out. And that's just smart. And I see that again and again. So like no judgment on that. Uh, but I was, I was worried that if I started creating drama with somebody that she seemed to really approve of, mm -hmm. that it wouldn't go well for me. And then also I felt like he was really intense um, and that he was the type of person who like, if I, I mean, cause you know, he'd already been like posting over and over and over again. I'd seen like his patterns of, communication, you know? And so I felt that like, if I just was like, Oh, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. Like he would kind of like go into almost attack mode of, or like, are you, are you against this? Do you think that this is like wrong? Are you, you're a bad feminist, you know, kind of thing. So I didn't want to go there. So I, what I started to do was just like distance myself from the conversation while still trying to be like positive like about what Summers was doing or what other women were trying to do um, that he was like helping. Like I didn't want to disparage them. You, you were know, just I trying just to like exit very slowly and carefully because you were scared. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I started to kind of do that and just like disappear, you know, and he said something one time, like, did I scare you away? Cause it had been like a week since I talked to him and I was like, phew, he's gone, you know? No, a week later, he's like, did I scare you away? And I was just like, oh, uh, no, I've just been really busy, <laughs> you know? And of course, then he like takes us as an invitation to like go more and more into it. And he starts being more persistent. And he tells me that this other woman 
in our group has started making content with him. And I was like, uh, good for her kind of like, again, still didn't want to be like mean about like what she was doing. But then he sent me like photos of what she was doing all these risque photos that she had like sent to him for like approval because he's coaching her. And Oh, she, he sent some of her boudoir photos to me. And then he also said that the videos are off limits because he claimed that she was making lactation fetish videos <gasps> amongst others. And he was like, those are off limits, but I'll show you these boudoir photos. Yeah. And then after that, he said that he had shared it to this, that where she was sharing them was this um, website called manyvids.com. He was like, and she's sharing them here. So nobody's ever going to find them only they're only here. Right. Like, cause he was going back to me feeling like I was afraid of anybody finding out. So out of curiosity, cause curiosity killed the cat and it totally gets me all the time too i just had to click right i had to click and it was an amateur porn website i mean just there was nothing professional about it i mean just like the cheesiest most low grade website for uploading porn you make on your own camera yeah like you're on your own phone that was the moment i was like i am not this is not this discussion's over. Um, I didn't, I just didn't say anything more and I did not engage anything more after that. That was the last thing he ever sent me. Um, and a few days after that, I saw, I still didn't go to Angela. I still didn't go to anybody. I was still, I was just like, I'm going to cut off contact with this person. That's not what I'm in. I don't want to get involved in that. So a few days later, a post popped up by Angela in the group saying that she had kicked Danny out of the group. She'd removed him from the group and she apologized to everyone because she'd received several complaints about him and she did not condone like the things that he was doing. And I, at that point, like I still hadn't reached out to her myself, Um, but underneath her post, like with this apology and letting everybody know he'd been removed comments were flooding in from all the women that he had done a similar thing to or the women who had been uncomfortable with uh, the patterns that they had recognized in his behavior and in his stories. Um, And then there was even a local woman who said that she had um, scheduled like a photo shoot with him when she invited her husband to it. And Danny found out about that then he got angry with her and he was like this was supposed to be a surprise for your husband and it was going to be so great and like why would your husband come and like yeah like all this kind of stuff and she immediately was like oh that's weird that he would um act like that and I don't want to go I don't feel safe going right and so she shared that um in a comment and so when I saw all these comments then I opened up and I was like oh yeah he did this to me. He did this exact, like what you guys are talking about. I, you know, I went through this too. And I guess there were still, there was still a woman in the group who was reporting back to him about what everybody was saying. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Because she felt, and this was the woman who was doing the lactation videos and, and who he had sent the photos of to me. And I think that you know, she fully believed because she went through the funnel so perfectly. 
um, that she was like, no, I'm imperfect. Like I made these choices sovereignly, you know, and you know, when it's a pattern and when he's doing this and when he's created this funnel, like you fell into the funnel. And, and yeah, she may or may not have been generating money. So no, she's exactly. like, no. right. She's like, it's, she's like, it works. Yes. So she was still like on his side, obviously didn't want to even admit that, you know, she'd been taken advantage of. And I think still believed like a lot of his stories. I mean, you know, so she just like trusted that those stories were still honest. So she was like, no, no, I think this guy like really meant to help me. Um, so she was reporting to him like what was said. And so he tried to argue, he, all of a sudden he sent very specific screenshots to Angela, like, look, Kate's wrong. She came to me and like wanted my help. And so then finally I had to be sharing because he, not only to Angela, but to other women in the group, he just started sharing a very one-sided perspective of our conversation. And so I then had to share the entire thing with all of these different people in order to say, actually, no, here's the entire thing. Here's where he invites me to an amateur pornography website. Here's where he's saying he's working with this other woman who's still reporting to him uh, about, you know, he's, she's doing lactation pornography. I had to, I had to share my full story with everybody. And that was, that was when everything kind of like came out like as far as like my full story, but I didn't even report him to anybody until like after he'd even been like nixed from that group. And then I blocked him and I thought that that was the end of the story. I was like, okay, he's blocked. He's removed from the group. I blocked the other woman as well, who was like in, you know, cahoots with him at that point. And then all, she was very, very angry, right. That she lost her place in this expensive business Thing. So both of them were going around defaming. They were actually, actually defaming um, Angela for everything. But I was like, okay, I want no more of this. They're both blocked. The story's over. I'm safe. You know, like, and I thought that that was that. So uh, little did I know he was continuing to infiltrate other online birth work or mothering groups. And um, doing the same thing. Um, but I couldn't see him because he was blocked. So I was in most of these groups, but I couldn't see him. I couldn't see his posts. I couldn't oh, see people replying to him. Wow. Um, and he couldn't see mine, you know. So I just, I thought he didn't exist anymore, you know. Basically, to me, in my world, he didn't. Um, and so I feel like it was almost a year later that I saw the leaders of these groups um, that I hadn't realized that we were both in together um, posted like at the same time across the board, I saw posts going up like, Hey, who has information on Danny Gallagher? We need it. Uh, I, I want to know, please, please DM me to share, you know, don't post on this post, just DM me. And so I reached out to all of them and I shared my full story and everything I knew and how I had met him and all the things that I just shared with you, a few of them and myself, like we were all, you know, in communication with one another and we all were sort of expressing that he seems to be dangerous. I mean, this seems like the actions of somebody who's like, you know, preying on the women like involved in all of these groups. And so you're realizing yeah. at this point that it's like serial. Yeah. Yeah. The pattern. It's the pattern it's not ceasing 
it's continuing. Even like when he got kicked out of our group, he just went and found other groups, you know? So, and then also uh, I discovered through local groups that I was, you know, interconnected with uh, like local groups to Hawaii um, where he was located, that he was also contacting women in his area, you know, not just women online. So to me, this made me like really worry about the safety of the women that he was connected with, especially in person, um, because I had no idea, you know, who this person was or just all his past actions made me really doubt his character. And I, I was worried. I was genuinely worried for like both the online mothering and birthing community and um, the Hawaiian mothering community that he was local to. Um, so I got in touch with a woman who was local to Hawaii and was seeking information and, and basically some sort of like statement that she could share with like the women of her community because she also was very alert to the red flags but was having trouble um sort of like warning other women who because he had infiltrated like a local mothering group that was like on Facebook um and then he was just like you know, going through that group and, and she he was also he also like by trade was a photographer as well, which made him yes. appealing, right? To yes. like women and he's wanting good maternity. At, he's, he's good at photography. <laughs> okay. So, so he was like a, okay. So he's like a professional photographer. There's like enough about him for, you know, women to even if they have the doubts, as you said, I like what you said like at the beginning, it was like you were like willing to make the leap. Like, oh well, yeah. do I really want to be naked in front of a man? Okay, well, his photos are really beautiful. Oh, it seems like yeah. he like spends a lot of time around mothers. Oh, wow, look his his uh his fiance killed herself. How tragic. Just like all of the Yes. You know, all of the exactly. leaps. Yes. Um, and so I sent an email to this woman who, and like, I just shared my whole experience and I expressed my concerns that he might be dangerous. So I sent this email. I sent like my screenshots of my conversation with Danny to these different admins of the different groups. And I was just working with other women to sort of like collect our separate stories, you know, and just um, find like the screenshots of his conversations, the screenshots of his posts that he'd made, and the screenshots of his conversations like privately with with us too because we were like comparing our stories and like making sure you know that we had this like sort of evidence compiled right like of like okay we're not crazy like this guy really is, has these patterns of behavior and this is concerning and because somehow even then it's like even then we all knew that it's like we would need proof I, you know, it, it, we already felt that way because there were inevitably every time there was a post in a group that was just saying, hey, we need more information about him. Inevitably, there were like one or two women who were in defense of him, like, hey, y'all are just getting up on him because he's like the only male doula, you know, or you guys are, you know, trying to paint it as like like a witch hunt, you know, like we're just bullying him because we, I don't know, don't want men around. I don't know. Like it, it was, they're just like, I don't know. You guys are anti-men. And it's like, I mean, no, that's well, it's perfectly false. reasonable to be suspicious of any man 
in a women's group, in a doula group, in a mothering group. Now, and at the time I was, you know, these are very liberal groups. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a a Facebook doula group. Oh, oh, many, many. Yeah. So most of them are very liberal feminists. And if you're not, you have to be completely quiet about it because you will get attacked and like dragged down um, and maybe booted from the group because of starting drama. Oh um, yeah. So there, you the rules, have- the, each of these groups, anyone who's been in these groups knows that there's a long list of rules and guidelines of what to say, how to say it. I mean, it's like total word policing. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the time I've like completely gone off Facebook now, but at the time, I mean, most of them did say things like they'd started to even put tra- stuff like we have to be accept- accepting of trans. Right. And like uh, birthing persons, birthing people. I mean, they'd started to like, do that rhetoric back then too not as strongly as you see it now but even then you know you you saw those things and no one was allowed to comment anything negative on things like that either um and so it it was easy to uh get i don't know torn apart for things like that Mm -hmm. um and and nobody would have just simply not allowed him in on the basis that he was a man uh because that was seen as intolerant it's funny because at the time I had no qualms about having a man in the group. I I was just, I didn't even think like, oh, I mean, I was like, I wouldn't hire a male doula personally, but I was like, maybe somebody will and it's fine. Right. You know? It's like what people uh, say about surrogacy. Most women will be like, well, I don't know if I could ever do it, but I, 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 you know, it should still be a thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so it's that, that like, I was just trying to be tolerant of it. And, and I was like, okay, maybe even though I, I was already like, oh, that would make me uncomfortable. I wouldn't invite him into my birth space, but I just like allowed for it. Maybe there's somebody out there who's his ideal client. I don't know. But now (laughs) after everything he has put me through, after all of the things that I've seen from him, I am extremely wary of men in women's spaces and especially birth. And I, I hadn't been that way before. And so, I mean, there's this thing where, I mean, in the lawsuit, he very much tries to paint this as like some sort of witch hunt, right? Like we're all coming after him because he's a male and we don't like that or something, you know? And it's funny because most all of us accepted him initially because we were like, oh, you're different. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he that was- has sued all these women, not the opposite. Like, you yes. ha- didn't sue him. Yes. But he's yeah. still playing he the victim. Sued, uh, 20 plus low income women. That's okay. That is insane. He has sued over 20 women, most of mm-hmm. whom are low income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For? For like $5 what? million dollars each. For $5 million dollars yeah. each. And he claims that his his so-called grounds for the lawsuit is defamation yes is that right yeah uh and and apparently so the reason i'm technically (laughs) even in this lawsuit is because so this australian herbalist and doula um who was actually in the initial group that i was in and then witnessed everything play out later so after everything played out later as well she actually wrote up this really beautifully composed post that detailed his exact 
like patterns of behavior and like what he did his whole MO, you know, and didn't name him was very careful not to name him, but just simply described all of his behavior and his patterns and like how it played out in each group that he was a part of. And she shared that. And then I, like myself and a bunch of other women who had all witnessed the same thing, we all shared it at the same time to warn people, to warn women. It didn't even say his name. It literally does not say his name. It doesn't say this man did all of this. Like we were just like, there is a man who is making his way through these groups. And so it didn't necessarily have to be him. At that point, there were other men in some of these groups as well. I wouldn't say a lot, but you know, a few. And so it didn't even have to technically be him, but so many of us, as uh, definitely myself, and I think a couple of other women are actually in the lawsuit for simply sharing a Facebook post, sharing wow. this Facebook post. Wow. Like technically all the other things, like none of the other things that, that I just like shared the story of were even like, I'm not even in the lawsuit for that. I'm only in for like the technicality of sharing this post, which to me, if you're saying that that post that doesn't name you is defamation, then you're basically admitting that those are your actions to me, but I don't know. It's like, if you, if you feel like you're the guilty party when you're reading that post, then isn't that the actions that you were taking? I will say there were, so technically on his Facebook page, uh, obviously there was like a huge uproar and a lot of women started posting on his business page, like what he had been doing and like bad reviews that detailed like what he had been doing and like just warned other women um, who might've been thinking about hiring him. And on his Facebook page, it said that he was certified by maternity wise, uh, which is a doula training organization. Well, I guess people started messaging maternity wise and saying, is, is this your doula, you know, kind of thing. And maternity wise, the woman who runs it, uh, she composed a statement and had it looked over by an attorney and um, released that statement that stated, actually, no, he is not certified through us, which was true. He apparently attended like one day of a three day certification, like hands-on part of the course, but he still would have had to do other things to, to become certified in. And he only uh, attended one day through her. I heard that he also in that day, she had to continually tell him, Hey, this isn't the Danny show. Like I'm trying to teach people and mm. cause it was still the same. Like, you know, he's the, he's the class act, you know? Anyway, so obviously he didn't learn anything from that, but he, it made him think that he could claim that he was certified through them because he attended one day of a three day, you know, sort of in-person hands-on thing. And so they, they just stated, the statement said that he was not certified through them. And also that basically that the company does not condone uh, involvement in the pornography business basically too. like, they just made like that a statement just to say, we don't believe that that is aligned with like our company and our mm -hmm. uh, goals and all of that, you know? So they just like 
wanted to professionally distance themselves from this person who was acting, you know, against, you know, out of alignment with their values, you know? And so that also happened. And that's why it's the, technically the, um, lawsuit is called Danny Gallagher versus maternity wise, because originally he also sued the business maternity wise. And they actually, the judge declared that that statement, which was the only thing he sued them for was actually not defamatory, which because they, they had already gotten it looked over by a lawyer who said, no, this is fine. This is not defamatory. And that's how our system works. If you pay an attorney, then you're like off the hook, you know, sort of. So um, they were able to cite that and like get maternity wise off of it. However, the woman who is, who is the owner of maternity wise, she's actually still on the case for liking Facebook posts where somebody shared the statement. That's the only thing she's on there for. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is wild. Yes. Oh, it really. For liking a post that was shared. Mm -hmm. Because not only does this cover, right, like women's rights to speak up about somebody that they feel is unsafe in their community, but it also, you get into this nitty gritty first amendment rights. Like what, what are our first amendment rights on an online forum, such as Facebook, where, I mean, things are shared willy nilly all the time on Facebook that are untrue or extraordinary, you know? So like, where is the line drawn? Is it just super easy for a man to claim defamation nowadays? Like just for things like, yeah, liking a Facebook post that shares a statement that's (laughs) non-defamatory. And the, wow. So, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. it's wild I did not you know I you are the third woman I know who's been sued by him so I've been hearing about I've been hearing about this case for now over three years three and a half years <laughs> um yeah because that's when he sued us right it's you know it's been a whole saga right right <laughs> you mentioned Darvo and now you, you know, after this experience, you've gathered a lot more information. I've learned a lot more about Darvo. Can you can you talk a little bit about what Darvo is for for women who aren't familiar? So Darvo is it stands for deny, attack, reverse victim, and offender, and it's a perpetrator tactic that is described by Freyd. Um, I believe she's a psych psychologist. So based on her observations of sex offenders, Freud proposed that perpetrators deny committing any wrongdoing, attack their victims' credibility, and cast their victims as the real aggressor and themselves as the real victims when held accountable or confronted for their abusive behavior. So it, it, it's exactly, it's exactly what he's done to us. Right. Which is, he denies that he did anything wrong. He says, Oh no, like they wanted to do this. Um, I didn't, I was just sharing something and I, I offered my expertise or I offered them my help or my support. I'm just supportive. I'm just a supportive guy. Um, and now 
they are angry with me and they've harmed me and they've harmed my business. And they've like, I, you know, like he's turned it around to where we are the witch hunters and he is the witch. Hilarious. And yeah. Yeah. It, which completely denies like his, any wrongdoing for him. Um, and then I've learned that defamation lawsuits are like the ideal way to like use Darbo tactics, right? Because it immediately denies, like if they're, they go on the offense and they sue and they say, look, I am the victim of these people. That's why I have to sue them. And then they get to attack like either the mental competence or the motivation of the person who has spoke out against them. And then, you know, during the entire, like, if it goes to trial, like then obviously the victims of this perpetrator continue to be harassed and uh, victimized even more under the pretense that they're the ones on trial. Does that make sense? Like it yes. switches their place. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that's exactly what he's doing. And in many States, I, I won't say most, but in, in quite a few, I guess I think, I, I think I wrote 29, but I'd have to look that up. That's not an exact statistic. So I guess in most States, there are what you call anti-slap laws. So a slap lawsuit is one it, basically like this, um, but it can be used by like corporations too. So if there are people like making problems for like a, a corporate move or um, business that they're doing in an area and say like activists speak up about it, they can hit them with a slap lawsuit that shuts them up long enough for like that project to go through. Mm. Um, but it's also situations like this where he's using like Darvo, right? So he knows, presumably he, he knows, perhaps his attorneys know, I don't know. But in general, when somebody makes a defamation lawsuit like like this one like ours they know that they're not actually going to win it's for their ability to keep on keeping on and to deny things and to shut the women up who are like speaking up especially when it's like one of these like types of situations where it's like you know a sex offender or like Obviously, this wasn't like a, a in person, right? And this wasn't nobody has like an actual claim of a, a physical abuse from this person. But you know, our claims were all in like the online realm and like, all of that. So he was able to buy our silence. I mean, for years, we got this lawsuit, we got served in 2018, in like September of 2018, which was what, four years ago? Now, so for four years, basically, he bought my silence because as we were going through all the different phases of the court system, and as honestly, most of us were hoping to avoid insane court costs by some sort of settlement with him, um, although none of our attorneys wanted us to have to say that we lied or anything like that, because that would have been a lie to say that we lied or to say that we fabricated stories. Um, so it was a very difficult mm -hmm. settlement thing to, to do, but we were still hoping for it. 
uh, to, for some out, you know, for something to happen or for the judge to finally dismiss it. But, oh, this is what I forgot to say. In Hawaii, they don't have anti-slap laws. Mm. So it's very difficult to get a judge to, to strike it down based on that because they don't have anti-slap laws for them to cite. So they're in between this sort of rock and hard place of like, they can be scrutinized or uh, the plaintiff, he's the plaintiff, could go after them or the court system, like if due process isn't allowed to happen. And so there's just all these like little, uh, you know, loopholes and issues and all of that. So yeah, no. So he, he fought our silence for all this time. And um, I'm only really speaking out now because I have to go to trial anyway. So I have to go to trial. I'm going to say all these things in trial. I haven't told anything to you. I mean, I was halfway reading off of my statement that I've already made um, when I was telling you my story to be sure that I'm sticking to the things that are already public record and and that I'm already, mm-hmm. you know, I've already signed off on like under oath. So, I, you know, I'm not saying anything that I don't fully believed to be true. Um, so why should I be silent anymore? Like I've just gotten to this place where it's like, no, there's no benefit at all to me being silent. And yeah. So that's why I'm sharing my story. Well, I'm so glad you like brought this to me and we're willing to, yeah, to, 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 to share all of this. I think, you know, the story is relatable in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, uh you know, in terms of, well, first of all, the Darvo, I think many women have experienced that just like in a domestic scenario with the government. We all experience with the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also, you know, like we, we talked about previously, um, there are conditions. Uh, again, the, please do not hear this. Anyone listening, you know, as uh, that there there's any excuse for for what he's done. But I, I do. I do see how the groundwork was laid or how he chose his targets. Like, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, like when a predator, like, let's just take a, like a, a pedophile, like a pedophile is going to go after typically a child whose parents maybe aren't home or paying as close attention. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. they pick them up late. Like they notice that they're coming to school dirty. Like you're going to target, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to, you, you, you really have to be strategic when you're targeting when you're targeting women, when you're targeting children, when you're targeting a society, when you're targeting a, a class of people. Um, and I think, I think, you know, a man, like we just take this same Danny coming into, you know, like a rad femme space. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even get through the freaking front door. It would never no. happen. Yes. Like, because well, he's a man or in a group. And that's group, what happened right? with one leader of, uh, a more a more radical feminist leader um, was he didn't really get through the door. And I can I share with you from his deposition where he actually talks about this, like somewhat. I mean, I'm going to leave out like names of people, but yeah, yeah. Besides, because he's on it on the. You can this go. This is all public it. record. Yes, this is public record. This is from his deposition, and there's an attorney asking him questions and he's answering and they just wanted to sort of share so that people can get an idea of the mental leaps that he makes to excuse his behavior for himself. So the attorney says now, so exhibit a 
is what this question relates to number four. And it specifically asks you to identify the full name, the person referenced in your Facebook post, her full name, residential address at the time of death and detailed description of the circumstances leading up to her death. So this is when the attorney is asking about the exact woman that he references when he says his fiance died in front of him. She says, if you look at exhibit A, your answer is for number one, Marissa Cristinzio is the person referenced in your Facebook post in exhibit A. Number two, that she did not die. And number three, several miscarriages left her emotionally distraught and unavailable and we ended our relationship. Do you see those answers? Plaintiff, I do. Attorney, okay, so was Marissa the person referenced in exhibit A as your girlfriend and childhood sweetheart? He says, no. And then he says, well, she, so technically the person in this particular post was an exaggeration of this scenario. I'm sorry, what scenario? He says, this scenario here on exhibit A, and exhibit A is like one of the screenshots where he's talking about this extravagant story, you know, where he's witnessed his fiance and twins death, like right in front of him. So the attorney says, where it says a little background. And he says, that's correct. Because that's how he had introduced this story, like a little background to me. This is how I entered birth work. So the attorney says, okay, so the scenario that is on exhibit A is an exaggeration. He says, yes. She says, okay, so your girlfriend and childhood sweetheart that's referenced in this paragraph that starts with in 2010 was Marissa. And he says, girlfriend, not childhood sweetheart. She says, all right. So that's an exaggeration that she is your childhood sweetheart. And he nodded. Okay. What else is an exaggeration? He says the suicide was an exaggeration. She was suicidal, but she didn't commit suicide. So the attorney says, okay, what else is an exaggeration? He says, from that paragraph, nothing else. The gestation of the children was also an exaggeration. She says, what do you mean by that? He says, meaning how old they were. So they weren't seven months? He says, no, because you referred to miscarriages. He says, yes. Okay, so whatever period those miscarriages was not as far as seven months. And he says, that is correct. Okay. So did she not commit suicide? And was she pregnant with twin daughters? And he says, yes, during one of the miscarriages, she was pregnant with twins, he claims. And so the attorney says during one of the miscarriages. Okay. So I just want to make sure I understand what are exaggerations in this scenario. He says, she did not die. She says, right, she was not your childhood sweetheart. And he says, she was not my childhood sweetheart and the babies were not seven months along. So the attorney says, is there anything else? Well, they didn't die because she ended her life. And he says, yes, that's an exaggeration. She miscarried. And the attorney says, and the fact that you state here that they died when she ended her life is an exaggeration as well. And he says, that's correct. She asks him, did you have any concern when you posted this about your background, about using this scenario, which was exaggerated in the manner that you just admitted? 
did you have any concerns about telling people this and posting this about yourself and your background? He says, at the time, it seemed like these exaggerations were a way to fit in with the birthing community. It was hard enough already being a male and the amount of oh, negative feedback, my gosh. the amount of negative feedback from some people just with my sheer presence. So this was in my judgment at the time, it seemed like a way to connect. So the attorney says, so are you saying that you could justify in your mind presenting this scenario to people about how your girlfriend was pregnant with twin daughters committed suicide in front of you and let's see, this one says two feet away from me. And at the same time resulted in the passing of your seven month old baby girls. Did you feel that it was necessary to go to that extent to exaggerate your background in order to have people in the birthing communities accept you? And he said, no, there were people that accepted me regardless, but there were people that only accepted me after this, after some sort of story like this. She says, so they might have resisted you at first and then you gave them your story and then they then they accepted you at some point. And he says some, yes. So she says, so in that sense, using this scenario worked for you. And he says, define worked. And she says, well, it allowed you to be accepted by people who initially had resisted you. And he says, in that context, I guess so, yes. Oh my gosh, it reminds me so much of the men who are dressing up, fetishizing women so that they mm -hmm. can be, quote, accepted by women. And they think that if they wear dresses and if they get synthetic mm -hmm. body parts and if they take estrogen and they wear expensive clothes, then they'll fashions. somehow be not as um, threatening and be accepted into these groups. Yes. Um, and exactly his story was made to make him seem non-threatening, um, and caring and loving and sad and uh, mm -hmm. pitiful. Um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so, yes, so there was a leader of, of a group who was far more suspicious of him and, uh, initially, especially, and, um, he, was extremely angry about that. I um, mean, he actually goes over it and I'm not going to read all of it in the deposition because I'm trying to tell my story and not everyone else's story. That's for them to tell, but he very much latched on to the women who didn't accept him fully and got very angered by it and felt like, I mean, that he was, he felt that he was entitled to acceptance. And if anyone didn't accept him, then it was fine to quote unquote exaggerate, AKA lie would mm -hmm. be what the rest of us would call that um, in order to gain acceptance. Right. And there was no accept, like there was no, even the word, like the acceptance doesn't even fit here. I mean, what he, right. What he wanted was to have women interact with him, send them naked photos, mm -hmm and generate money from it like yes that to me is and, get, and create another... a false sense of safety yeah. a false sense of relationship um and which is, yes it's exploitation and it's i mean it is grooming yeah. to feed somebody lies in order to make them feel comfortable enough around you to do something that they wouldn't normally have done yep that's grooming It's so, so nuts. Well, I, I hope that anyone listening, you know, who, who kind of starts to recognize that these patterns are happening in your personal life, in your business life, hopefully you have not 
interacted with this man, if you have, know that there are other women, lots of women that he has contacted or or, uh, who have contacted him after telling this story that he's now admitted on the record was an exaggeration. So you're right now you have to go in person yes to Hawaii yes. leave your family and do this whole freaking thing mm-hmm. and you need money is that right yes. you need to raise yes. money to pay the lawyers yes attorney's fees uh, my travel speed traveling fees to Hawaii from Texas all of that um leaving my family yeah, it's wild because the first when I was I was served my papers on my middle child's second birthday. <gasps> and now our trial begins again on my middle child's fifth birthday. Oh my or gosh. sixth birthday, I should say. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's yeah. beyond fucked up. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's taken me away. And I'm at this point now where I'm not willing to give it too too much of my energy, too much of my fears, too much of my worries. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm resigned. I'm on this path. I feel like it's almost, I've been called to this path because, you know, I am strong enough to speak up and fight back. Like I'm not supposed to be meek. I'm not supposed to roll over and hide, which is what to be honest, like that's what you initially want to do. And that's what I did for years. And that's what so many women, there are many women on this who they cannot afford attorneys and they're basically just sitting there praying it goes away. And so I'm hoping that like by fighting this, like my, by me fighting this and the other women who are still on this fighting this, that it also helps protect those women to, because we have to, we have to go all the way. I feel like part of it, part of, you know, the cosmic reasoning of not being able to maybe get a settlement is because we would have only come to a settlement for the women who were able to somehow barely afford our attorney's fees, mm-hmm. you know? I um, mean, if we can really dismiss the case entirely based on the reality of the situation, everything that we can bring, like all of the evidence that we can bring, then it would protect all of the women. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that works out okay for everybody, because I'm so worried about all of the women who, I mean, they just, they couldn't even fathom like how huge this is, you know, and like, yeah, what all it would mean for them. Right. Um, So so donating, like donating to your, your fundraiser is not just for I'm your yeah, case, I'm right? So. The hope is that this case is significant enough to to at least put like a plug in this guy for a long time mm-hmm. because he's just like out in the world. We have no idea, but we mm-hmm. could assume from patterns. And so I don't think still- it would be, I mean, we yeah, based on what you shared, it, men like that typically would just keep going yes oh yes he has a whole thing going received you know and it's it's through other people so it's not like i i can absolutely prove anything so i'm not going to go into details but we've definitely received intel that patterns like this have continued 
right. in different ways and different in new ways. Um, and it's right. evolved in some ways. Um, and so I, I don't back down on my thoughts on him. I don't think that I'm mistaken. I don't think that I'm in the wrong. I think that I was exactly right to be worried about where this would lead to in the future. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for, for yeah, being brave and sharing the story. And I'm going to link your fundraiser in the show notes. So for anyone who can give even five, $10, it goes a long way to get you to Hawaii and to fight this, this case and to protect, you know, hopefully again, to protect the other women that are affected by, by this. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family member who needs to hear this content. And if you do share it on social media, don't forget to follow and tag me at whose body is it. So until next time.